Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of ATW After the Whistle. As always, I'm joined by Donald and Moose. What up, guys? Hey, guys. So we made it to episode seven. Nobody's killed each other. Yeah, yeah, you know. Still one big happy family. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into our major topic for this week, which we are keeping as a surprise, because it's going to be a two-parter. The first part we just discuss. We skirt around the issue, offering our opinions, and next week we do a bit more stats-heavy analysis of our main topic, which is still going to be a surprise. And we keep our promises. And we keep our promises. Don't forget to follow us on GCRATW on Twitter. On Instagram is the Gold Coast Report. On Facebook is the Gold Coast Report as well. And if you're old school and send us an email, that email address is after the whistle at the Gold Coast Report.com. Guys. So one of the most pleasing aspects of football specifically, yeah. for me personally, is always set pieces. Me too. Because it's one of those moments where a team can be playing so badly, but then they have an opportunity to get into the game. Either yeah. score an equalizer, draw, get one back, or grab a win. Yeah, long-range goals. I really like long-range goals and free kicks. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I, when, like when I see those go in... You like long-range goals. Yeah. Like 30 yard plus outside. Uh, yeah, I like them, but I feel like seeing you like them sort of the type of thing that goes players into trying for them. I feel like in today's game, people try for them too much. It's not the accuracy. If you have the ability, I don't think anybody has the ability to. I don't think anybody has had the ability to score. Five thirty yarders in a season. Really, Stevie G? No, do you think he scored? He hasn't scored five. But that's maybe over the course of his career. Because think about it, there are more times where he skied the ball than when he put but that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's and a I don't risk want out to take. Yeah, and I don't want I don't want to play. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm very big on shot locations and picking your shots. Okay. That's why it's I a, love Frank Lampard. It's uh, a yeah. bad shot, yes, but then you this. It's a, it's inversely related. It's exactly, a shot, it's a bad shot. But the spectacular spectacularness of the shot is just off the charts. Exactly. But that's the thing. The odds of it going in are so bad that you end up. Nobody shows you the highlights of when they skied the shot, and you see that so many times. I mean, you watch Pogba this season. If he fixes his shot locations, he's in double figures for goals. To be Played fair, United simple. have it's the like same thing. Fifteen bars. It's the same thing. So <laughs> it's the same thing that work. happens to certain. <laughs> it's 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 the same reason why. I mean, a coach would be pissed at you if you took if a you, bad shot in scouts, basketball. Yeah. Fair and enough. you made it. Yeah. Because fine, you made it, but that's a bad shot. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. But, but in football, you wouldn't. I'm be not trying it. to encourage. In, yeah. And, in that, football, and the reason is in football, goals are so, so valuable because goals don't happen that regularly. Yeah. So fine. I guess you have to be okay with it. But I'm not a fan of seeing players like try shots from 30 yards. like Because most of the time, it. I think it's un- too many times it doesn't go in. The accuracy is so poor. Like, I feel like it's unfortunate, but I feel like football is definitely heading towards sharing Moose's sentiments in terms of how stats heavy it's becoming. Yeah, definitely. More coaches are going to place emphasis on what yeah. shot selection, yeah. take the best shots, shot location, and it's going to help them. It's I mean, thing. it's definitely going to improve accuracy for the team, but then I guess for fans, myself and Donald, who enjoy seeing <laughs> that random 60 yard ball. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you want to see those random (laughs) fifty-yard net busters, no, you can go back and watch early two thousands, late nineties football, and you realize it was quite boring. And the reason why they were getting those shots was there was so much space, 
and the, the way defenses yeah. moved, pressing everybody came forward. So there was the way defenses yeah. moved, so there was so there was so much space. The football was really slow. I mean, I've gone back to watch some games from mm-hmm. like the late nineties. The football was very slow. I mean, if you put like a super attacking player from today's game into that era, he was oh my, they would <laughs> he was called, yeah. And, and and that's and someone even spoke about. It. He said that's the reason why we don't really see so many of those goals where someone takes the ball from like maybe the halfway line. Around through the and entire midfield <laughs> because mid like elite midfields know how to defend against that sort mm-hmm. of thing they yeah. are so well trained and so compact so every once in a while you see Messi and Ronaldo do it but back then it was every you, decent attacker every could decent have a run. attacker could beat like maybe yeah. four or five men and then release the ball sort mm-hmm. of thing you could see more of that so sport will change I mean sport will, but there's still excitement and fun to be had somewhere else I mean I feel like the game is better now because it's faster because players are smarter because the ball moves along that there are more sprints so I mean yeah yeah you could enjoy a player's highlights reel or say an impressive short selection or you could opt to enjoy his long range efforts where he has only two goals I would take the guy who <laughs> picks his shots gives me 15 18 goals than the guy who's always trying to smash it into the top corner and ends up with three goals at <coughs> the end of the season. We are simply appreciating the beauty. Oh, I, I accept it. Yeah, exactly. I accept that. Exactly. That's fine. Okay. Even if it flames out <laughs> <laughs> after a season. Okay. Uh, but what I was leading with this was um, free kicks. Yeah. Who are our best free kick takers? Right? Yeah, because over, over, over the years, we've seen some pretty spectacular efforts. Yeah. And there are certain players that jump to mind immediately when we think about, you know, a perfectly taken free kick. For some, it's all about power. Smashing it right in, beating the keeper, beating the wall. For others, it's more about, you know, that curve. Trying to go for that bend. Slotting Mm -hmm. into that top corner, trying to go around the wall. We've seen a couple of players actually try to aim through the wall. And 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 go under under the wall. And some anticipating that the wall is going to jump. Yeah. So I think the right. the Bruyne did that this season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Went underneath the Bournemouth wall and went in. It was a really good goal. Smart, smart play by a player, yeah. anticipating what the opponents are going to do, and then going for it. So now we ask ATW team, who's everybody's favorite free kick taker? I mean, I used to love watching Juninho's free kicks. I think that he was really good technically when it came to that. And I felt like a lot of the times he stood behind the ball. You are like you are very confident that this was flying in. He had a quiet confidence about him as well. I mean, Moose, Moose has some doubts, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Moose, the highlights, the highlights reel does show the all of them. Does show the best yeah. one, yeah, yeah. But then I feel like he was. It's still an impressive highlight reel. Very, yeah, he yeah. was a very good. Like he had some really good bangers in there. Moose. Me. So, who, who was your? Yeah, you. As, as for me, I have recency bias, and I I really don't mind about that. I will pick Dimitri Payet. Care to say more about him or just that's it? I mean, the degree of difficulty for some of his free kicks are just out of this world. But like, you could say the same for Juninho as well. Um, listen, go back and watch Juninho. No, fine. no, go back and no, go back and watch Juninho <laughs> over the course of the match. Yeah. How many free kicks he takes, how many he scores, what his accuracy was in the range. As I mean, well. yeah, but out. He had good range. I'm gonna fine. You you have Juninho. I have Payet. <laughs> I mean, last kick of the game, you know, five minutes to the end of the game, tough game, top I f- corner. I feel Bins. like I feel like with Pirates, 
there are certain ranges that he might not be able to what score, score from. from. Yeah. And I felt like Juninho had that. Juninho had that. Okay, yeah. well, you think, and I will also now give you Hakan Chalanoglu. He scored free kicks that Juninho wouldn't even attempt to take. How about that? I mean, we are not talking about <laughs> who's taking the best long range free are, kicks. We are picking who you think is your favorite. Yeah, that's free a point. And I say, pay it. <laughs> Let me have it. Oh, okay, fine. Okay. Well, okay. That. Uh, yeah. Now that we have that little tip out of the way, my pick is. Uh, the guy who has a movie named after him. Bendy like Beckham? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. he was that good yeah, to inspire good. a movie as, as bad as it was. It doesn't really rank high when it comes to sports movies. I mean, I could just... I could write <laughs> a movie, film it, and call it, you know, shoot it like a Samojan and... <laughs> hey, <laughs> just like that, he's immortalized in movie Wait, lore. When That's you it. make that movie, let me know. But seriously, has a Samojan scored just one free kick in his, in his career? No, I don't think he's he's scored, scored more than one. He's scored a couple of Ghana, right? No, hmm. one from. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I like to imagine he's scored, some, he scored some for Sunderland during his spell. And also, I have no idea what he's up to these days. No, no, yeah. he, no he, mean, hasn't, he hasn't scored one for Sunderland because when he scored for Ghana, I remember very well one of his teammates, Titus Brambo, Oh, tweeted wow. at him, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, I know, right? He actually tweeted at him and asked him that, oh wow, you, like you score free kicks too, like <laughs> he was, he keep, was quite surprised, yeah, exactly. He didn't tell it. No, but I don't think Titus Brambo had been following in his career up until then. No, no, that's what I'm saying. My argument is that he probably he he, he definitely had scored one at Sunderland. That's why he was yeah. asking. You understand? Yeah, so or just football is taking a. Yeah, taking a piss out of each yeah. other. But I do remember a very good one that uh, Chanoglu took when he was a handbag. I think he was very close to the halfway line. It was incredible. I think the opposition coach was even like, you know, he like he couldn't help but appreciate the sheer class. You know, the sheer the it's skill. Ca- it was brilliant. It's kind of crazy how growing up you you figure that free kick specialists would be in high demand as in. Mm-hmm. Top teams would want to monopolize, yeah. Yeah. have a player on the field who maybe might not be the best midfielder, but surround him with partners who do the running, who do the passing, mm-hmm. just to capitalize on those set piece opportunities. But when you look at players, the guys you mentioned, Payet and uh, Channel Glow, yeah. they really haven't made it to the top clubs. Because at the end of the day, you still have to do your day job. You have to do more. <laughs> yeah, you have to bring. No, more to you, the still, you still. You still. And there's have no to room do. to carry. Yeah. You know, a specialist. You, you still have to do your day job. You get me? There, no, there is no room to carry a specialist because now, I mean, teams' tactical shapes sort of run through pretty much almost the whole team from the forward yeah. to the goalkeeper. Almost, it's not the whole team, but you'll see it to be almost the whole team. Yeah. So, I mean, as a midfielder, you can't just be useless and be great at free kicks and I stick you in because there's a chance we might have a free kick and no. If if you're the left back who takes free kicks, be a good left back first. <laughs> yeah. And then be yeah. good at free kicks. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's different from maybe uh we are getting towards a penalty shootout and I might substitute a few like defenders for forwards mm. just yeah. to make sure but and that and that just goes back to the fact that they're really not scoring that many, many free kicks a season. For them to factor in. For yeah. it to be such yeah. a big deal. I mean if you score ten free kicks a season that's a big deal. Most of the time, these guys give you five a season, yeah. which is a big deal for a team that's struggling for goals. But, I mean, you're not going to sacrifice for the chance of getting five goals a player who will actually give you a better chance of winning 
over a course of a 38 game season or sacrifice your team shape just to accommodate just to accommodate somebody whose only value is in one pretty definite situation which is even which a high is, <laughs> Does have a high rate of success. It doesn't have with. a high rate of success to begin with. That's actually, the truth. I actually have an example. I think uh, Sunderland, Sebastian Larsson. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a very good set. Like oh, really good. He was from the Arsenal yeah. academy. He left. Yeah. He but then Sunderland don't play him because well, they don't need his yeah, kind because, of play. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you're good at that, but then what you else? You have to be good what at your. You, you have to be good yeah. at your. Yeah, your midfielder. Yeah, midfielder. You have to be good at your tackles. Your passing. I'm on his name. What's the guy they always play? Sunderland. He always cut Yeah, yeah. That is hilarious. I mean, they need someone to win the ball back. Being the team that they are, not being that great at keeping the ball yeah. back then exactly. so you need someone who wins the ball back yeah. so that's why Catamol is important so yeah. I, that's what I'm saying the team's style of play is way more important than yeah. just you and it's, it's also, it also goes back to the, what Cyril said like the odds of scoring aren't that high the, the success rate isn't that high that's what I'm saying there's, there's bias like you look at highlights and you think they scored it all the time they missed way more than they scored Mm-hmm. You know, they missed way more than they scored. I mean, that's why free kicks are such a big deal because they don't usually go in. So if you're a free kick specialist, that's a big deal. I mean, if you score four free kicks a season, you're a specialist. Yeah. So those are those are the margins. So I guess be good, be a good footballer first. If you have that in your arsenal, it's that's good to have. But we are not going to we are not going to stick you on the pitch to just jog around and then when a free kick comes, you're like, if you don't score it. You have yeah. to score this year. Uh, speaking about a player who has been good on the field and who probably has a good free kick, I think Lukaku does have a good free kick. Wrapped up to it's he unfortunate looks, that he looks like he looks like he's been working on it. He's been working on it, but it's unfortunate Everton keeps letting Barkley. I think this season he scored just one. Well, because he keeps referring to Barkley and Baines. Baines is not as good as he was no, three. No, scoring just one. I mean, how many four seasons? How ago? many? Has um, how many um, opportunities has he had? Leighton Baines yeah. scored, but he takes he takes their left-sided free kicks. You know, it's it's really you need volume. I to guess actually get you actually number. need volume for the numbers to actually work in your favor. And I mean, I is, guess is that an argument to be made? There's a reason why he's not taking most of them. I think I think even today's game there was a free kick where it was Lukaku and Baines, and I think Baines told him, "I'll take this." Yeah, and, and Lukaku sauntered off and joined Lukaku the line. Lukaku sauntered off and joined the wall. Kind of sadly, you know. I think it just became seniority. And Baines just walked it straight into the wall. So disappointed. <laughs> you know, I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing For against nothing. Reasons, I mean, nothing against <laughs> nothing against Baines, but he hasn't. He hasn't really. He's really declined. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, no, and you, I mean, not to okay. I don't. I don't want to. You know, <laughs> take us off course. Take us off course. But the reason why I mentioned Lukaku was. Um, a phenomenon that we went into, we discussed in Great Lens, uh, I believe episode three, the perception of the African athlete. Oh, okay. Well, he's, well, technically he's European, but yeah, he's black. Black. He's of African, African yeah. descent, so Exactly. Yeah. One, okay. This phenomenon that we discussed was just how when he came to African players, athletes, the conversation almost always seemed to be not about their impact on the field, but then everything else. That suddenly becomes more important. And uh, the Lukaku story was just talking about how uh, he got himself a brand new ride. The conversation was going one way. Yeah. Everybody's talking about his contract. 
one moment and then he makes a decision or has he made he hasn't made a decision definitely but then you know the the talk is that he's not going to sign a new contract and then all of a sudden the conversation switches from contract talks to what car is he driving which is they do that they do that they do that to quite a few I remember when Memphis Depay wasn't getting game time. It was like, how oh, dare he goes out they, yeah, they, 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 to they, a restaurant. They started talking about <laughs> the cars he was driving. The cars he was driving into training. Like, yeah, you're not even getting into the team. But How, so much, how much does watch cost? If you're not playing, if you're not getting selection, you should walk to the training ground. Yeah, I think you know, they even started talking about his relationship. And yeah. the thing about Lukaku was also, as soon as he said he wasn't signing the new contract, they now talk about the car he's driving into training, trying yeah. to paint him as a money grabber, so exactly. to speak. Even Rashford. When Rashford hit the big time, when he scored those goals, there was this story about the fact that his cousin that he doesn't even know of was once convicted of murder. Like, just a to very, tie it. Just to tie, it, mm-hmm. tie him mm-hmm. to, like... I saw that narrative, a criminal narrative. It's it's, also, I mean, it's glaring. It we is. see we see these things. Yeah. You know, every time there's a very small problem with a player that's black, they always want to pull some dirty negative image, negative story, and yeah. post it about them. And we see these things. It's like a and checklist. It's it's, it's sad. But and sometimes it's almost as if they get disappointed when you don't live up to those expectations. Like, the failures. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're a clean black dude, yeah, I guess you're boring. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what Moose was saying that they will they widen their net. If it's not you, your immediate family, your immediate, if it's your immediate family, family extended yeah. family. If not, someone you knew back in your academy who was a friend at one point. Someone you've been hanging around with. Exactly. Yeah. Forgetting that these guys are trained professionals trying to be the best in their field. Yeah. Of course, they're going to be focused and driven. And with Lukaku, we've had we had Messi and Ronaldo have contract you know, negotiations forever. 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 But nobody ever seems to go with this one Ronaldo is driving now or this one Messi is driving now. I think Ronaldo kind of gets that. Oh, he's so show, showboats flamboyant Yeah, lifestyle. but they don't really talk about it in the sense of making him out to the be... scorn. The scorn that comes that, yeah, with. Yeah, there isn't. Look there's at this guy that has a good thing going at Everton. He's turning down for big money and see the guys are really driving. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, back to Lukaku. He also won, I think, Player of the Month. Well deserved. Well deserved. So hey. There wasn't there isn't there I remember last season there was a bit of a jinx with that award the manager that won player of the month almost always seems to have a downturn the next month the next month you know, well, interesting one there. I, I'd, I'd rather have a great month win an award and a so so month it just averages <laughs> it just averages out than have two averages and don't have an award yeah okay so moving on to one young Premier League star to one who starts on the way to some degree Zaha and Oh, Zaha. Yeah. So, I guess what's happening to Lukaku just ties into what we talked about with regards to the perceptions of black players, uh, players of African descent, mm-hmm. how they're spoken about in the media. So, what was the Zaha thing? Yeah, so basically, Danny Mills came out to say that um, he felt that... And who is Danny Mills for our listeners who might be unaware? Uh, he's a pundit, and he came out. He's and a said, former Premier League. A former, yeah, well. he played for Man City, I think. I th- he did he even. I think he, if he even had, I think he had maybe one or two caps, very few caps for. Yeah. Him. I think he had a few yeah. caps for. Hey, him, he wore the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him playing for Man City, but yeah. yeah. So he came out to say that he truly believes that Zaha took the easy option okay. by 
choosing to play for the Ivory Coast rather than uh, fighting for his place in, in the England side. Mind you, this is an English side that has, over like the last 20 years, severely underachieved. Comparatively, the Ivory Coast national team has done better, at least in the regional tournaments they've been a part oh, of. Oh, yes, they've won, yeah. Exactly, compared to the English team. So They made it to some The finals. guy who's going into the team... That's you know slightly more difficult to break into because they haven't recent success is being scoffed at because what he decided not to wait around for England to call him up. I guess you know it's funny, but this is also what we talked about in was it episode one right about dual national players and choosing to play for their mother nation yeah. so to speak over their adopted nations. But I mean credit to Zaha, I respect his decision to play for the Ivory Coast. A tough one, yeah. No, a tough one, but. I I, why I mean it, why is it a tough one? It's a tough one because let's be fair, you are turning down opportunity. It's a better opportunity. And he becomes very angry. So then again, okay, okay, right just right now. You're both saying it's a tough decision. Yes. Why is it a tough decision? Is it because he's is he, is he stepping down? Because then you're dating what I is saying. I won't bite I won't bite my tongue. Yeah. He is stepping down. Okay, so then you're validating what Danny Mills is saying. I'm not validating what Danny Mills is saying. Let me I'm just, not validating what Danny Mills is <laughs> let me just saying. Drop, I'll, I'll okay, tell you let why. me just drop my reason. Okay, Moose so, can, yeah. can have the runway. <laughs> I would say it's a tough decision because whether it's unspoken in the Premier League, the, yeah. the harsh reality is coaches and teams really do not prefer African players just because they know that when AFCON comes around, okay. probably going to miss them for the running. So that's the bit you are saying accounts it's, for yeah, the it's difficulty a tough decision. decision. At this point, Zaha has to make himself indispensable to a team so that when he leaves and he comes back, his starting position is there for him. Okay. Otherwise, he leaves, somebody else gets slotted in and he has the rest of the season now to fight his way back into the starting rotation. Okay. That's the reason why I feel it's Okay, so that's your angle. That's yeah. the angle. Okay, Moose, Moose what's your run with all yours. My thing is, he's turning down opportunity. We can't hide from the fact that when you play for a team like England, you're going to be more comfortable as a footballer than if you play for an African nation. This is a nation... This. England, I'm talking about, is a country that is quite professional when it comes to their football league. They have one of the best leagues in the world. They treat their footballers very well. Everything is professional. You know, everything is taken care of. We haven't really heard about footballers going up in arms about their monies not being paid as far as the England national team, have we? We haven't really heard about, you know, we don't really hear about the little, little stories that we hear about when it comes to these African nations because they take their football seriously. I mean, it's always that the negative stories are always about performance rather than the, you know, management, team rather management and all that. Team management yeah. and all that, you know. And you know that, I guess, as far as even your brand and, you know, how much how much reach you will get as... From a marketing standpoint. From a marketing standpoint, you're better off playing for a country like England with all the visibility that that would grant you but I, sh- I should also make a point Danny Mills comments only came after he had a great game against after Zaha had a great game against Russia scored in that game where he so scored, you feel he was lamenting England letting the player go or no it's the whole jilted lover excuse <laughs> we no, didn't that, want you anyway <laughs> it's the whole you, you understand when you realize that you've lost something that was really good yeah. and you're now lashing out and you now come out and say, oh, you weren't even good enough for me anyway. Mm-hmm. I never even wanted you anyway. Uh-huh. You know, that's what Danny Mills is doing. Because if Zaha wasn't doing well, 
he wouldn't have come out to say these things to a newspaper. He would have said, hey. That's his level. That's his level. But seeing as he's done well, he's now saying, oh, we lost this guy who was really good, who could have really helped England. But now he's playing for Côte d'Ivoire. Oh, man, he doesn't have the bottle to play for England. That's why he chose Côte d'Ivoire. But you see, why do you see these things? So be it. These decisions are left to the player. But the thing about Zaha is he wanted to play for England. And I think he was... Oh, he, he was, was quite desperate to play for England. Yeah, he was. I think he was put on standby. And Ivory Coast said, hey... He said he wasn't going to wait forever. I'm not, Actually, I'm not going to... Ivory Coast said, hey, we are ready. If you want to play, come play. Like I said in episode one, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, you still get to be an international footballer. You still get to play in international tournaments. You still get international caps. And this is something every footballer would want. To play for their nation. You know, now, instead of having just fans of a club, you have fans of a nation cheering you on. So, it's 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 better. So, yes, I'm not going to buy my words and say he didn't. He, he Like you said, he wanted to play for England. He got... The door wasn't really... The door was kind of locked yeah, a bit. Kinda, he had to, you know, he had to kind of... Slightly. Open slightly. And he yeah. said, hey, I'd rather walk to the door that's open oh, for me. Wide open, yeah. Wide open for me. And credit yeah. to him for that because... I mean, Nigeria is also benefiting greatly from that. I just saw a picture of their national team saying they had one of the youngest African national teams. And you could recognize so many of them from European Besides, academies. Yeah. You could see Iwobi. You could see a Jordan Ibe. You know, I think, I mean, Hianacho has always been Nigerian, but you could you could recognize him from being, like, in the city lineup, you know. So, they are getting them to come back, and that's what's happening, because, like I said in episode one, for you to be good enough, you have to go through some of these academies to, you know, to pick up, to test your metal, you know. You played with these guys as young guys, so if we can get them to come back and play for us, that's great. So, Danny Mills can... he can he can <laughs> shut up really. He never really. I mean, he had an okayish career, and it's not his place. But it's just it's the same old jilted lover response, you know. Yeah. I mean, they lost a good player, and you knew there was going to be a renter quote English pundit who would say this thing. Yeah. It was yeah. it was like clockwork. You expected it to happen. So I guess the ATW's response to Mr. Mills would be file under ignore. So moving on to our main topic for this this episode. Like I said earlier, it's going to be a two-parter, this part. It's more of opinion-based. We just discuss the topic, and then next week we delve into the stats. Moose wants to introduce today's topic to our listeners. Okay, so today we are going to talk about a phenomenon known as the weak link theory. And how it applies to football. I mean, certain really smart football statisticians have said there are spots where your weakest link plays a much more important role in whether you're good you're a good team or not which is to say if you were to improve the weakest player in your team it would have a much greater effect than if you were to improve the best player in your team or the second best or the second best so by that token they're trying to say football mm-hmm. is a weak link sport and on the other side of the spectrum, they say basketball is a strong link sport. So the opposite being that you should try as much as possible to have the best, uh, have aim for the best player to be on your team. Which is to say, in basketball, if you have four average players and one superstar, you're going to have more success than if in football you had maybe ten average players on the field oh, and one superstar. God. So do we do we necessarily agree with this? I think when 
when we bring up this discussion, this comes to mind. <clears throat> when um, Victor Valdez, when he was at Barcelona, when he was the goalkeeper at Barcelona, yeah. I think a lot of people, there was a general perception that he was actually one of the worst goalkeepers Absolutely. in football at the time. Well, but during throughout until the, he left, well, no, but throughout that time, Barcelona were still winning games, like they were winning trophies. Okay, they actually enjoyed a lot of major successes while he was their goalkeeper. Yeah, I will stop you there and say, when fine, this might be a bit of, but when he was when um, Valdez. Valdez was goalkeeper at Barcelona, I don't think he was the weakest player in the team. But but that that's a general perception that he was the I biggest think, link in the team. I Could it be because you think he wasn't tested enough for us for you to? I think but, we, and that and that's why people would say, yeah, well, he doesn't do much. So well, yeah, he's I weak. Mean, it's entirely plausible that maybe using the for some viewers' eye test, Valdez yeah. was perceived as the weakest yeah. player. But I think him moving on. Has actually yeah, shown, that shown that he's more than he wasn't the weakest link by any any stretch of the imagination because what he brought to the table, his past and understanding how to read the game, he was very integral to the Barca system. Okay, so then at the same time, there was one instance where I think there was a, I I can't really remember the exact season, but at, um, Andy Johnson. Striker, he was a striker for Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. I think he was top scorer. He's got thirty-one. No. Um, Kevin Phillips scored 30. Let's, I know about okay. Kev, Kevin Phillips. Yeah. He scored 31 goals for Sunderland yeah. when they were in the Premier League. And exactly. they still got relegated. They still got re- it, same thing happened to Andy Johnson as well. <coughs> Top scorer in the Premier League, but still had Crystal Palace. Saw Crystal Palace get relegated. So in that sense, it's, you know... That, it's, the statement that, the bears. There? Yeah. Well, I guess the statement would be... In I as think much that as, supports the statement yeah. because they had... A good, they had one forward. guy who one was guy actually who was, yeah. operating at a pretty high level, mm-hmm. very high level, but it still wasn't enough to carry carry the team along. So, which is to say, if it was, if if let's say, it was in basketball and they had a player who was leading the league in maybe points per game, they probably wouldn't be the at the bottom of at the, the standing, bottom of the standings. Yeah. Probably you know? in a mid-table team because we are leading in scoring. You're definitely making an impact somewhere. Yeah, you're yeah. definitely offensively. You're actually doing something right. So, which means Donald? Which means you agree with this? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> <laughs> I believe Donald does. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I think there's yeah, there's some merit. There, there are some yeah, there's some merit to it because you can cite good examples. To support the arguments, can can you even say can you say the same thing for Defoe at Sunderland now? You see, you keep okay, but I guess he's just adding more evidence to to support the statement at this point. Mm, and I guess at this point, you're also talking pretty much about forwards. Okay, but well, that's I guess forwards. it just goes to say if if you put if you were to put I don't know like a Masut Ozil in Sunderland, would it make the team that much better? I mean, because I think the experiment has been tried. We can just say um, Dimitri Payet at West Ham was a similar situation. I say it gets to the point where you now have to rely on other people to also. You can't really carry that much of, let's say, the offensive load alone. You now mm-hmm. have to rely on other people to also do well, because, like I mentioned in the other episode, his key passes were still the same. He was still creating shots for other people. Just they just finishing. weren't finishing as well as they did last season. And there, re- there really isn't much you can do about that. 
you know. So it's to say, I guess you're better off with a team where everybody is around the same level. Average. A bit above average. And then you'd go. Because I guess it, it really does work for football because... You look at West Brom, I guess it could be the typical... It's West Brom on average side. As in, you isolate their play, the players. Everybody assumes this is a very average Premier League team. I think, yeah, I think you could say that it's pretty much even across. Yeah, pretty much even across. Just yeah. a skill set, talent of, level. Because yeah. you could argue I'll Defoe is a much better striker than they have. Well, whether Rondon is as good as Defoe, he definitely I does have... Uh, yeah, well... I he guess has the potential. He has he has his strengths, but I guess as an all-round forward that you're looking to to you'd get goals prefer, for you, you'd prefer before. Yet he's in a team that's far ahead of a Sunderland side. I think this you can delve into this a lot because in football, I mean, if you're playing against a team and you know that their left back isn't that good defensively, you're going to have more of your attacks go down his side, so in to speak, and in hopes of in hopes of catching him off guard, in hopes of you know. I mean, getting like a handout from him, at least getting a few mistakes or gaining an advantage from attacking mm-hmm. his side, knowing that that's where that's the weakest part of the other team, and the other team will also know that and also try and do something to mitigate that. So, and also in response to trying to mitigate that, it also affects, I guess, how they plan how to they play because mm-hmm. now you have to have an extra player tasked with being a I guess basketball reference, a help defender to some degree. And that takes away from what the rest of the team can do, either offensively or defensively. So, you definitely do have to show up that weak, that weak link. So, this doesn't seem like it's anything hardly revolutionary. Striving to see why anybody would disagree with the statement. I guess it will still have to be explained well enough for you to get it. But I feel like if you give enough examples, people can see it. I guess it's, 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 it's actually really hard to, outside of the eye test, rate how good a player is. I guess that becomes a difficult bit. How do you determine which player, which player you're taking to, to the man yeah. three man squad is the weakest? Is the weakest, yeah. Or yeah, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm assuming maybe this has more to do with the starting eleven. Yeah, because the starting eleven. I guess there's enough to suggest that certain teams have followed this weakling strategy, where instead of looking for superstars, they've tried to show up, you know, the positions where they are weakest. I mean, a recent example would be Newcastle in the Championship. And they're all and they're all doing that well. So, I think Conte also gets some. So what does what what these guys are saying, which is I think Chris Anderson and David Sally, is that in football, I guess you are better off improving your weakest position than actually bringing in a superstar in a position where you're already good at. Actually, uh, a testament to this would be City's defense this season. I was just about to mention that. Because they did splash out in Otamendi, a superstar, and Stones, the next big thing. And actually, not United, not too long ago, when we had Van Persie, Rooney up top, and people were talking about the fact that we were top-heavy, we had Di Maria Mata, and our defense was really bad. Yeah. you know. But so. I feel like this season as well, Manchester United defense is a bit is a bit thin. Disjointed. Because I mean if the only defender who's actually done well for most part of the season will be maybe Bailly. Yeah. And Rojo who's been a, a bit of surge. Yeah. You know, who's had a late surge because now you have Smalling who's been on the win for a while and you have um, Jones who's had quite a few bad games this season. Yeah. So now you look at a team like Man United that's actually looking to be a top four team stroke you know um title contender 
And if these are your centre-back options, you know that you have to do something yeah. about it. Because I guess up top, Zlatan papers over quite a few cracks. And, I mean, behind him, you have, like, an array of talent, all the way from Mata to Mkhitaryan to Martial to you name it. And you have the 90-plus million guy in the middle. (laughs) But, you know, I think think when we do the actual stats, I think it would show for for sure what is is true. But then I I feel like generally people simply go for, like, agree to that like they feel like you have to strengthen the weaker side of your team in football they feel like you know if there's, there are any areas we that are weak we have to strengthen them to have any chance of achieving our goals i feel like smart managers know that but i don't think fans clearly agree with that why it gets tricky is yes everybody wants to strengthen the weakest yeah. link in the chain but then the replacement is not always going to be a superstar. Yes. Uh-huh. But the, the, but now I feel like people are always desperate to find the weakest link in teams and stress that those areas... But again, sometimes... Those problems are solved. The weakest link might not always also be the most exciting part of football. Football generally tends to, at least among watchers and viewers, be top-heavy offensive players. That's what most people are focusing on. Because, I mean, we've cited the example of United... You understand? We are saying that our defense, our defense is thin. Okay. But then, so but there are people out there who are saying, yeah, next summer we need to buy better defenders. Yeah. Arsenal, at some point, people screamed out for defenders and they brought some Mustafi and holding. But yeah, they haven't worked out. But then it's always been about strengthening the weakest link, the weakest side link in the team. In football, I think that that's the general perception. I don't, I don't think that is because you see you see so many teams where they're actually pretty poor in midfield and defense, but they still look to get, you know, forwards to come in and score goals. Okay, it fine. happens. So I'm just going to ask this. Is, is, is that a Premier League thing? No. Is what a Premier League thing? The whole, Not yeah, we don't have a striker, so let's go get a striker. We, we, don't, have, we don't have good strikers, so let's go get a good striker. Because yeah, no, I think that's our weak link. We don't have good striker, like, so let's go get a like big name striker. I feel because like in sorry, the, sorry in the Premier League, everyone is talking about um, okay, we need a big big name. We need a big name player. We have this so so and so striker, but we need to get a big name. Well, I feel like we kind of touched on this earlier. Certain teams are better at management when it comes to having a holistic picture of what the squad is, what their realistic targets are and what they should be focusing on. Maybe Premier League, you could argue that sometimes... But it's not just a Premier League team. I feel like it depends on the team. Some teams are known for just being a bit more proactive when it comes to their recruitment policies. Uh, Bayern recently jumps to mind. Uh, Barca definitely, because they have their academy. They bring in players through, so they get to actually determine the needs to fill for the team. Uh, Real Madrid... Even though people criticize for the galactical approach, I guess they are going with the big money spending approach. We are going to target the weak link and we are going to get the best player to fill that no, need. I feel like Real Madrid purchase, but pe- purchase no, no, different. Let me ask you a question right now. Which players have Man United been linked with <laughs> in the papers? No, no just, just tell okay, me. Okay, fine. No, let's just answer. Griezmann... Um, also looking to get you know a replacement for Carrick Michael Carrick 
So players like Varati have been mentioned. Lukaku, Lukaku, Lukaku. Yeah, names so, like Lukaku. I mean, yeah, which I of these? No, which the of no? Time, let me let me no, let me just ask you. Let me just defenders. ask you. Let me just ask you. So, yeah. which of these players are defenders? Which of these players are just defenders that are just slightly better than what we have? No, you see, you have to understand that it's looking as if we are we are really just trying. The team is really just trying to improve what they're already good at. Mm-hmm. You know where they're already okay. Yeah. So. It just goes back to what you were okay. saying. When 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 Mourinho came this season, let's just let's just leave that. <laughs> so okay. let's just leave uh, that. Let's, let's just, just leave, leave that leave for another episode. Another so, but I mean to tie this all up, we're really just looking to go into more of a you know a deeper stats analytics sort of sort of vibe with our next episode. We want to talk about how. I mean, outside of what the normal statistical categories in both football and basketball, there are extra statistical categories that look further than what we are more used to. As opposed to as a forward, we are not going to just look at, oh, he had X goals and X assists. But I guess that doesn't really tell the story. You want to look deeper in and tell how well he's actually playing. You know, you want to look at maybe times when it was only, you know, more fractions that stopped him from, you know, a five-goal season and a 15-goal season. As crazy as that may sound, these are realities. That's a a 10-goal swing right there. That's that's a 10-goal swing, but there are 10-goal swings that just come down to 10 inches of distance, one inch on each each shot. (laughs) So (laughs) if we average it out, you know, and explain stuff like expected goals, stuff like expected assists, stuff like non-penalty goals, you know, where you have to really look at how well a player is playing because if you ask the average fan to compare two midfielders, I mean, you can pull up stats that, nothing against him, but you can pull up stats that make Francisco Clan look better than N'Golo Kante. <laughs> no, you can in certain categories. Oof. And I think... You know, it's it's you can, but nothing against Francis Cochran. But it's not to say he's a better player than Ngolo Kante yeah. is. Yeah. And I feel like people have that, that that education has taken hold a bit recently, especially when it comes to Carrick. Because for the longest while, he was a midfielder. People never really understood his function, his value. As yes. in, how is he a center, a central midfielder? Excuse me, that's struggling to get tackles, and then it gets pointed out that hey. Probably the interceptions he's making. He makes a ton of great interceptions. He makes a ton, so that negates the need of him having to make a tackle, which also results we, in more fouls. But then, lucky, lucky, lucky for him as well. We were also treated to a centre back like Rio Ferdinand, who actually didn't use to foul a lot, and who actually used to intercept a great deal. So his tackle numbers weren't great. But then, if you want to look at a a centre-back who's always tackling and think he's better than the centre-back who's actually reading the game and still stopping the stopping danger, then you see you're seeing things wrongly because at the end of the day, fine, tackles are great, but you have to see the bigger picture where it's you're trying to stop the other team from scoring. And I feel like a more stylish centre-back would be someone who can actually get interceptions, who actually reads the danger because having to make a tackle means that 
you're already in the danger situation and it's the last ditch effort <laughs> to try and stop something. And yeah. No someone, manager wants to see that. Someone <laughs> someone who most of the time doesn't allow a game speed to reach that point, I guess it's actually pretty good. So, you know, like to be able to see beneath the surface of what a player is doing. You know, because like as uh, like has been said, you know, football Football is, as far as football scores, is a very low event. It's a very low event yeah. sport, at least at the top level. I mean, most games are decided. I mean, most games only average, like, is it 2.5, 2.2 goals? Mm-hmm. Maybe even so less. It's a, between, like, it's a one goal difference when it comes to score lines. For you all know, three points. For all three points, as opposed to other sports where you have, you know, multiple scores, multiple yeah. scores, and then you just compare who has, you know, who has the highest who has the highest score at the end of the game. So for that, you have to also understand that there are more instances in football where a poorer team wins than there are in other sports, where the better team loses than there are in other sports because the variance, I mean, there's so much variance in the scoreline, the margins are so small that a team can do everything right and still not get and, and still not get the result. I can give you, I can give you examples for most fans of most teams so that they can tell. I mean, if you're a Liverpool fan, I guess you can remember the game against Burnley at the beginning of the season. Where they, where they outplayed Burnley and Burnley had two counter-attacks and from those two counter-attacks they, they scored two goals. They, they scored two goals and then they left with the game. Yeah. As a Man United fan you can think back to that fateful Stoke game. Yeah. Where was it? Was it Grant? The same one with Burnley as well. Didn't we? Stoke <laughs> with Burnley as yeah. well. Yes, yeah. we have we've had twice where I guess Man United didn't lose, they actually drew. Yeah, we drew. But if, if, if you look at how the game went, if you look at how many shots on target they got, if you look at how many chances they created, I mean, on any other day, I guess a statistician would say if you play that game 10 times, they win eight or nine. <laughs> they win. They win eight or nine of them. You know. But you see, not to preempt next next week's episode, but the last point you raised that does bring a, a slight wrinkle to the whole weak link argument in the if football by its very nature has this great amount of variance when it comes to goal being scored mm-hmm. how significant is the weak link phenomenon because if you could strengthen your team and still be at the mercy of the odd goal that you couldn't predict no but then have you strengthened your team if you bring but then, a player and he but then my point is over the course of the season you are playing 90 minute games uh-huh. against other teams about for about 45 for about 45 matches you know what I'm saying so now you're also they're also going to get the ball for a while whilst you're playing you know and I mean I guess 45 is a big enough sample size sample size for for you to end up for you to at the end of the season draw a line and say hey this is really where we are uh-huh. so you're not the only one playing the game. And to counter that point, I mean, if you if you have a team that's that much better than everyone else, I guess you can just bulldoze your way through. But in the top leagues right now, the Premier League especially, you the have parity. The we are we are coming closer to you know a parity in team quality, so to speak, at least first teams. Because now it feels like amongst the top seven, the first teams are. Quality players that could easily pretty equal. What differentiates the top teams from the other teams is being able to have like um, good good bench, bench players. players. 
or when a player is injured, who comes into it. Exactly, but as far as first teams, I would think, I guess, even Everton have a pretty good first team. You know, Tottenham have a pretty good first team. It's about when you when you go past the first team, who are who are the other players left? So, so for your question, which was to say, doesn't it put a wrinkle? It really doesn't put a wrinkle in it because you also have to play against them, and they are also good in their own right. Yeah, they are also another good team, so you also have to deal with them. So outside of you being so much better than them that you can take that chance, I feel like. No, you still have to you still have to play against them and they also have a chance against you. Okay. So I guess it's best for you to, you know, work on what you're not good at because maybe your weak link plays into their strong link and then you lose games you're not supposed to lose. Uh well listeners, we don't want to give it all up. So next week we are going to go a bit more into this whole week link <laughs> theory. And, and a bit know, of advanced stats. And a bit of advanced stats. Uh, the next couple of episodes are going to delve into the numbers a bit more. Moose has mentioned expected goals, uh, passing as well. Just try to, you know, figure out what the the math minds looking at the games are thinking of or are discussing when there's it comes no, to football. There's not really that mathematical. Don't scare the, don't scare the listeners away. If you have any questions for us that you'd like us to delve into, uh, make sure to hit us up on... Twitter, GCRATW, Instagram, The Gold Coast Report, Facebook, The Gold Coast Report, and our email, after the whistle, at thegoldcoastreport.com. Mm-hmm. We had some really good questions over the past few weeks, which was great. Keep them coming. We, we really enjoyed them. We definitely enjoyed the mailbag episode. Before we go, right, I just want to say this. Like, don't you guys find it weird that we didn't mention Ronaldo's name when we're talking about free kicks? Because one thing that people have been talking about is his decline. He hasn't scored a free kick in years. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's it. No, but he's still a very good free kick taker. That just shows you that scoring free kicks is hard. The best free kick takers don't score that many free kicks. End of discussion. Okay, end of discussion. (laughs) Oh, man. See you all next week. See you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. Neymar, Busquets. Se va al ataque de nuevo el futuro campeón de liga. Messi dejando el balón para Neymar. Atención, ahí fuera del juego. Balón para Luis Suárez. Gol. Va a golpear Cristiano. Se espatarra el bicho. Va a golpear con la derecha. Chuta Cristiano. Gol. Costa turns out the final out. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown!